monsters. <laughs> Welcome. And welcome. Yeah, that's it. That's the intro. I like that. Welcome to the podcast. What me? A screw. And my ash. I meant to say my co-host Ash, but my ash. The fact that you went like prospector screw, <laughs> I think is my favorite thing in the whole world. I went for like radio talk host. I guess it didn't, <laughs> did it happen. It was like a mix. It's gold in them heels. <laughs> it, it, it's gold in them heels. It's, it, there's gold in them heels. It's the name of Ash. Oh. Yeah. Ash is my own personal reward. <laughs> <laughs> Just raining men and money. It's raining Ash. Hallelujah. It's raining Ash. Oh, that's probably not good. That's Pompeii. <laughs> Oh, oh no! If it's raining ash, there's a whole volcano that exploded oh, in the no. distance. Well, we're coming to you live from Pompeii. Welcome. Is that too soon? <laughs> yeah, it's too soon. Sorry. My <laughs> bad. My bad. Listen, I blame the chocolate and the Mountain Dew for my hyperactivity. Uh, what's on yours? What is what is your reason? A total of six hours of sleep the whole weekend and a lot of Pepsi. We already discussed Pepsi is gross, so... Listen! My opinion. Listen! I got talked about it to my brother, too, because he said, Yo, my girlfriend is a Coke girl. Don't you bring up Pepsi's name around here. So I feel like I can't even be me in my own house. Wow. <laughs> okay? Wow. He said, don't even talk about that weird... She, she'll fight me. Red, white, and blue. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I'm going to bring up Pepsi the most, and I can never let her join my Animal Crossing island because it's actually the island of Pepsi. My name is Pepsi, and she'd be very disappointed in me. Is it really called Pepsi? Yeah, I have a flag that looks like a Pepsi can, and my my name is Pepsi. That's amazing. Also, I'm Monster Hunter. My name is Pepsi. Hey, if you see Pepsi run around, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) You just just became your whole identity, huh? Yeah, well, I don't know what I was going through. I was going through a weird kick when I had those games. So, Monster Hunter, my character's name is Pepsi, and my cat's name is Cherry, to make Cherry Pepsi, because it's my favorite. That's adorable. <laughs> yeah, and then and then I got Animal Crossing, and I was like, I don't know what to name myself. Pepsi. I was just obsessed with Pepsi. I don't know what's wrong with me, but you know what? I embrace it, and so should you. Embrace your weird Pepsi fetish, or whatever you like. I embrace you, for sure. Oh, I, uh, I wish and you your weirdness. Me, Ayo. Oh, Ayo. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, my Animal Crossing name is Demon Mama. Beautiful. We can make beautiful Animal Crossing plants. Pepsi and Demon Mama. Back at it again. Pepsi and Demon Mama. Well, I did it because I have six cats, and I'm the mother to them, and they are all demons. Mother of demons. Mm -hmm. I also jokingly have named my partner Demon Daddy for that exact reason, so you know it all works. Yeah. It all works at yeah. the end of the day. Did you know Spencer's, good old Spencer's, not sponsored, currently has pride wear. And the thing that they have, I want, they have shorts, like black shorts. And then some of them have like rainbow hems and like waistbands. And on the back in a rainbow script, it says daddy. Yes. Yeah. I want them. 
There's also a baseball-like jersey that also says Daddy in a rainbow script in the front. I just need this to be my aesthetic now. It's just rainbow daddy everywhere. Whenever I go into Spencer's, they look at me weird because they're like, what is this walking cream puff doing in this store? You are a walking cream puff. That is an accurate statement. I do not have the aesthetic to go into Spencer's. (laughs) Are they like, all right, little miss, please don't go past this line? Yeah, well, it gets worse when I open up my mouth. (laughs) They're like, who lost this child? Well, I know oh. it's stupid. I'm a grown adult woman. I can look at the the things. Are you the lava lamps? Are you maybe? Who wants to know? You go. They're like you can't go past this line because per our store policy, you must be 18 or older, not eight. 18. Eh, they're like I'm gonna put this up on a high shelf so you can't reach it. This is very accurate. You are short. I'm very short. I'm short, and I sound like a squeaky toy, which is not great for getting into places and trying to prove I'm an adult. You're three foot two. You're like, hi, can I please enter this bar? They're like, no, no, you're not 21. You're like, first of all, thank you. I look beautifully young. I don't know if I look beautifully young. It's more of a, I get up on the bar stools and kick my leggies while I eat cheese fries. So maybe the question... (laughs) My actual age here. <laughs> Your little luggies kick. You're like, hi, um, can I please get <laughs> my light up sketchers? <laughs> your, your Heelys. Heelys, my Crocs. Oh. They have bedazzles on them. Don't tell me how to live my life. I know what you guys are saying right now. Bedazzled Crocs. You know what? Leave me alone. Okay. Hear me out, though. I saw on TikTok that there is a bedazzler for your hair. <gasps> I've seen it, too. I want it. I want it. Yep. I want, I want it. it. I want it for a very specific reason, and I think I'm going to buy it closer to that date. But anyway, it's fine. I want stars in my hair. That's what I want. I want stars. Uh... That's what I want. Oh, I we didn't even do this. Um, We're the stars of Murder Horror Monsters, the podcast. That you're currently listening to, we completely keep forgetting to put the title. Yes, into the beginning. Did Welcome we to the Murder Horror Podcast with me, a screw, <laughs> an ash, abandoned as a pup. We were found by Meryl. <laughs> well, this is in the middle of nowhere. Where was this during <laughs> during that episode? You know what? You're right. Lost opportunity. Because I wasn't gremlin energy then, and now I've grown comfortable in gremlin energy. Everyone thought everyone thought I was a certain way going into this, and you were wrong. <laughs> I feel so bad for any unsuspecting people. Oh, could you imagine like a viewer like listening to this one and then they're like there's no way that she could have been any different and then they listen to like the first one and you're just as quiet as a mouse and they're like who is this person yeah just like no no wacky voices no screaming no sus ass comments they're like what what happened caffeine 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 happened don't do caffeine kids too late listen i don't know if you were this person in high school so I had a friend, weirdly also, weirdly all of my friends were named Chris when when I was in high school. All of them? Literally almost all of them. And oh, no. the two that I hung out with the most, their birthdays were literally a day apart and it was ridiculous. Oh. So we always called them by their last names and it was great. Anyway, so one of them, his dad worked at 
funnily enough, the Pepsi company. Dream job. And <laughs> he would come into school with just so much energy drinks. Yeah. We had rock stars. We had amps. Like, it was ridiculous. And I was like, where are you getting these from? And he was like, oh, like, I bought them from here or I did this or my dad brought them home. And I was like, what? So we would literally just drink nothing but lukewarm energy drinks all morning because we were always at school like a whole hour and a half before we had to be there because we just stood around in the courtyard like weird kids. Yeah. Just drink all of these to then be so hyper until like two o'clock when all of that sugar crash happened. And then I just remember sleeping through like the rest of my classes. It was great. It was a great time. I remember my high school behavior pattern was I started off much like the podcast, very neat and timid. And then it got to real gremlin energy in the middle. And at the very end, me and my group of friends were like little old biddies. Like we would grab our breakfast in the morning and then we would go to ceramics class and we would unfold it and eat and gossip about the week's events. <laughs> the fact that you have ceramic class is wonderful. Oh, I took all the art electives I could. I was in drama. Oh, me too. All four years. Shout yeah. out Mr. Flowen. He was incredible and he's actually the teacher that like, you know, because I was born in the 90s, we both were, and I don't know if your, like, vernacular had this as well, but, like, we essentially had grown up just being like, oh, that's so gay. Oh, that's so, that's so stupid. Oh, that's, you know, just throwing out slurs that we didn't really realize were slurs. Or using gay in, like, a really bad negative light. And it wasn't until my teacher literally sat us all down and he looked us dead in the eyes and he goes, you know, it really hurts when you say something's gay in a negative tone because it makes me think that you're talking negatively about me behind my back all the time. And we all had to stop about it. And he was like, whenever you use that kind of terminology that inflection you're making everything about that who claims to be that negative as well and it changed my whole world i was like oh my god i'm such a dumb teenager yeah my words hurt (laughs) oh my god i feel like as people growing up we all go through that where we use certain words we think is fine and then we learn is not fine Mm-hmm. It's very much like if you're told one way yeah, and you choose to ignore it yeah, and yeah, not yeah. learn about it, you're a shit person. But if you choose to make strides to change, then you are a good person. Good job. Proud of you. Right. I feel like, I feel like people can grow and change. Like, yeah. I feel like no one's ever born a racist, right? Right. Just throwing that out there. Same thing. No one's ever truly born a murderer. Things become learned habits. And it's your decision once you are presented with the alternative to then make that change. Whether it be you've been using a certain word your entire life and you didn't think that it was wrong. Whether or not you have acted a certain way, you didn't think it was wrong. You've made certain comments, stereotypes, whatever. It's being presented with that change. It's kind of like right now with Lizzo. Have you been keeping up with Lizzo's whole like thing right now? No, to be honest, I don't really keep up with celebrity stuff. Well, I only know about this one because uh, the people in my friend group, my my chicken coop, if you will. Chicken coop. 
That's literally our name on Facebook. That's their cute. group name. We're all really big fans of Lizzo. And like half of them are going to go see her in concert down in like Tampa. She actually just came out with a song called Girls. And there's a lyric that I had grown up thinking this word was not a bad word. I thought it meant out of the ordinary, acting kind of like random. And I'm not going to say it, but it's the shortened form of spastic, right? Oh. Mm-hmm. So apparently she had used that four-letter word in one of her lyrics. And again, with the American vernacular that we have, it was just meaning in the lyric, it was meant to be like, acting uncontrollably like just all over the place you know just behaving weirdly and come to find out that it actually does mean a slur against those who have cerebral palsy oh specifically those who have cerebral palsy because of their spastic tendencies in their legs and in other parts of their bodies and i was like i never knew that because it's not i i don't think i've used that word literally in years like i think i used it like twice in high school and then i never thought to use it ever again you know yeah i don't think i've ever used it but i knew the word Mm-hmm. and it's definitely really surprising when things like that happen like for example there's a word that's a slur against black people that i did not know until i watched the greatest showman did not know that it was a slur until i watched that movie and i was like oh my god what? And I googled it and I was like, holy damn. Again, not really how I had used it. I used it for scary things, for spooky things and things of that nature. So I never knew that it actually was a term used for anything else. And that's just what's weird about the English language. Yeah. But to showcase growth and movement, Lizzo actually changed the lyrics in her song and she erased that slur. She had literally made it, recorded it, published it. The very next day, I'm pretty sure it was, she re-recorded it and took out that that lyric entirely. Yeah, well, good. And that's changed. Yeah, that is changed. Yeah, she didn't even talk about it. Like, she didn't even complain about it. She was like, I didn't realize that that word was what that was. My apologies. I fucked up. And this is how I fixed it, because I do not want to promote that at all yeah and i was like that's what we mean that's literally what we mean that's what i mean it's it's okay to make mistakes just if you take yeah. the steps to change them you know everyone makes mistakes. acknowledge them yeah. yeah everyone doesn't know enough information about a thing everyone makes wrong assumptions mistakes it's just a, a human thing and a lot of people could say that about this podcast or true. any true crime podcast let's be let's be real because we may not be derogatory towards anything. We may not be using slurs. We may not be racist or sexist or anything of that nature. But we are talking about true crime. We are talking about religions, folklores, and things like that when it pertains to urban legends, you know? Like yeah. S-Walkers, for example, are part of the indigenous folklore community. Pukwajis, same thing. And there could be some instances where we may not do our due diligence. Fingers crossed that we don't. (laughs) Fingers crossed that we're putting this out here, that we're not going to do that. But to where we might not say the right thing. You know, like we could stumble over a word. Like it's like a whole different language. May stumble across, like on it. May say something else in another language entirely. 
Was it you that I was talking about with Korean and how it's just Korean words are so similar in how they are, but they mean completely different things? I don't think so, but I do know that if when you're speaking like Korean, you have to say it in a certain way for it to mean like different mm-hmm. things. So people can get mistaken a lot by like your facial expression or the way you're saying it not matching. Right, exactly. And we always want to make sure that we are doing our utmost with this, making sure that we are saying things as we do mean them and not trying to like hide behind anything. Yeah. So my whole point in creating a podcast like this is so that we can help and see a change that we can bring awareness to those who may be suffering with mental illness, um, suicidal tendencies, abusive relationships. I know that we've covered quite a few heavy topics. And I think just overall, you know, making sure that we do have resources available and like explaining why we're doing a certain thing, you know, is a way that we can change in continuing down the path that we're already on, continuing down how we're doing it. Like we're already making sure that we have our sources credible and post it for everyone to see them and, you know, allegedly talks. <laughs> we never want to accuse anyone of anything. No. So if you guys out there at any point feel uncomfortable or want to help us in any way, Regardless if it's just making a mistake on, like, an actor in a movie or a word that we said wrong, please let us know. Because we want to also change and be better and move forward with all the good stuff. Yeah, knowledge is always important to have. And teaching people something that they might have made a mistake on is never a bad thing. You just have to do it gently mm-hmm. uh, with respect and respect the person trying to educate you as well. Yes. And it's also not people's responsibility to teach. Although I will say, as a funny story to kind of get out of like a little bit of the super serious, yesterday I went to the melting pot with one of my friends, one of my girlfriends, and she went to culinary school. She is very happily proclaimed a chef. She's incredible. And this poor girl, I felt so bad for our waitress at one point. The way she handled it was just really funny. But like, she's going through our chocolate dippers. So she's like, here's your your chocolate covered marshmallows, your graham cracker marshmallows, blah, blah, blah. She goes, here's your cream puffs. And she goes, and here's your macaroons. And she points to a chocolate macaron and a raspberry macaron. And it's the little French cookies. And my friend just looks at her and she goes, it's pronounced macaron. She goes, no, they're macaroons. And my friend goes, no, they are macarons. It's R-O-N and it's French. And the waitress was like, I'm not, I'm not going to have this argument with you right now. And I went, well, since she is a chef, you might, you might want to reconsider that. And she looks at it. And she looks at her and she looks at me and then she just stared off into the distance and she had like this thought of just like, I've been working here for so long and no one has told me that I've been pronouncing it wrong. That's fair though, because I call them macaroons. Well, yes. And technically you're not wrong in saying that it's a macaroon, but on the flip side, because it is French, it has that weird sound. So it's macaron. I took French for a while. It's weird. I eat French fries. And they're the hui fries. <laughs> I eat French toast too. Bonjour toast. Bonjour toast. That's so cute. Oh my God. 
If I ever bring somebody toast, I'm going to be like, this is your banjo toast. Enjoy. Your, your hello toast? Your hello toast. Oh. oh, what a cute way to wake up. Somebody wife me up real quick so I can do this. <laughs> I, hello? What? What, what if I, what if, I told you, I'm here. Uh, I get you ring. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Give me ring. Ash. Surprise. <laughs> will you, will you marry me? Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> 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 Just, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Everyone take notes. Everyone take you make them super uncomfortable, and then you propose in front of a few a few hundred people. You just blindside them. You just blindside them. <laughs> you don't even need a ring. You just need to ask the question. That's true. Clearly, it's enough. Clearly, it was enough. Your love is enough. That's all. Don't need no ring. Your love is the only ring I need on this finger. Ayo. I want to get married. That'd be fun. Yep. It would totally be fun yeah. to get married. At some point. Yeah. And not at all in the next two months. No, 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 of course not. <laughs> 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 I'm so mad that you guys made so much that fun of me about so that. That was so funny. I was having a great time. I loved it. I also love the fact that um, our friend Cece, she was like, oh, let me join in. <laughs> yeah. <Ooh>, <laughs> Oh my god, I, I I figured out the other day how to turn people up and down in Discord, and I always feel so bad because whenever we play with her, she's always so quiet, and I don't know how to turn her up, but now I figured it out. So next time we play, I got you. I love Cece. She's so sweet. She is really sweet. She, uh, I was very sad. She messaged me, and she's like, I hope you're okay. I hope you know you can talk to me. I love you. And I was like, eh. Oh! Oh! I love that. I know. Yeah, she'll message me. She'll message me during the day and she goes, I'm tired. Are you tired? And I'm like, yeah, I'm tired. She goes, mm-hmm. let's be tired together. <laughs> She's nice. Like Sleepover? Her. When? A? Oh my gosh. For real though, I I really want like a legitimate like sleepover day. Me where, like, too. I miss being able to literally just curl up in a fort that I made in the living room and eat chips and drink juice under my pillow fort. Got me juice. Me too. Let's have a slumber party, please. Let's stay up and tell please? scary stories until we can't go to sleep because we told too many scary stories. I mean, we could just play our podcast. We can just zoom into the murders. That's true. Just play our podcast. That's true. Spooky, scary Spooky, scary. Of a murder. Of a murder. I mean, give it a few more episodes and there'll be some ghost stories up in here. Ooh, I can't wait. I love ghost stories. Ayo. 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 <gasps> we were kind of going through like weird scary facts because Saloon is amazing and she's like created like this new redeem. <laughs> but we both found one where I found one that was the catacombs of Paris have like six million people buried underneath of it or in them. Yeah. And that's insane. And you found what was the one about Everest? There's so many frozen dead bodies on Everest and it's not safe to bring them down or they just simply can't because they're frozen there forever. That other hikers on Mount Everest use them as landmarks. They're like, this is how high I went. I reached George. Reach George? Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen the movie The Bucket List? Yeah! With Jack Nicholson and uh, Morgan Freeman? Yeah. 
It's so good. And every time I I hear about Mount Everest, I always think about that movie because of the scene where they're trying to climb up the mountain, but they actually have to like cancel the trip because uh, Morgan Freeman's character is like stuck in the hospital. Yeah. But then they end up on the mountain anyway, and I was like, oh my god, I can't with this movie. Yeah, that's saying. Ugh. I always think of the movie Mr. Deeds. Have you seen Mr. Deeds with Adam Sandler? Yeah. His oh, uncle yeah. <laughs> climbs the mountain and gets frozen up there. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. All I think about is him being like, I'm gonna climb this mountain. Oh. <laughs> and he does this like rich person <laughs> laugh. That's all I think about when yes. I think about Everest. <laughs> did you did you know that uh, Adam Sandler is in a new movie called The Hustlers? Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I my friend just told me the other day that she was watching it, and I was like, how? He's still making movies? Oh, he's made like, so many on Netflix. Why doesn't he just chill? Because he's got the money. He's a genius, chill. and he's beautiful, and he's like, keep making his movies. Listen, hot take, I like almost every single Adam Sandler movie. I think they're hilarious. I can't believe that he's making movies still. Like, I would just chill. I know that he's been doing a lot, and he's got a lot of stuff on Netflix, but why doesn't he just chill? Why doesn't people... Maybe he just likes to do when it, you though. you have so much money, why don't you just chill? Yeah, but maybe that's what he likes to do, you know? Oh, maybe. Hello! Would you like to come tell your Adam Sandler story and how you met him? Sure. Yeah, come tell. Yay! Come tell, tell. So, what about the Adam Sandler story? Just- your Adam Sandler story, what happened? So there I was, <laughs> God, what was it, 13 years ago? After my first deployment, we'd just gotten back from 10 months at sea, and I was on off-going shift, and we got slotted for what's called Mando Fun. And Mando Fun is when we get up in uniform, and they tell us to go march in a fucking parade, which... Sounds all great and wonderful for Fleet Week, right? But uh, it was hot. It was in the middle of Boston. And uh, we all had to go. It wasn't some, like something we could just be like, eh, sure, or nope. So we all pile in a couple of civvy vehicles and a few buses. I rolled with a buddy of mine named Wen. And we were like, fuck it. Well, we're going to be in Boston anyway. Might as well pub crawl. So we did our four-mile stretch. Uh, I think that was a three-hour parade. And we started to go get drunk. And it was a great time. Up until the point where we decided we needed to get something to eat. So we stopped by some pasta place because that's all I really eat. And he had some seafood platter. uh, And I just had spaghetti. So we move on, get some more drinks. And all of a sudden, I hear Happy Fucking Gilmore hollering at me from one of those, like, under-level restaurants. So you've got, like, a basement kind of restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, and him, Adam Sandler, and Tia Leone were having uh, lunch or dinner together. Um, and came up, shook my hand. I was, of course, starstruck. Adam Sandler is one of my favorite uh, actors. And uh, we shot the shit for a little while. Needless to say, I'm still incredibly drunk. Uh, my buddy, however, was not just drunk. He's Vietnamese and already had that kind of puffy face. But it had gotten to a point where it was much, much more uh, puffy. Come to find out, he had an allergic reaction to the shellfish that he didn't know he was eating in said seafood platter. 
So that cut our our visit with Adam Sandler short. Oh. Yeah. Mm. So needless to say, uh, we stopped at like a CVS or a Walgreens and uh, got him some Benadryl in which he immediately chugged, which probably in hindsight was not a great idea. Mind you, the entire way while we're going that direction, I am telling literally every person ever that Adam Sandler is in said restaurant that we had just left uh, because I'm that asshole. So we're like, you know what? We're fucked up. We got to be at, back at base in the morning. We should probably catch some Z's before we go. So we head up to his truck, which is in a parking garage. I get in the passenger side and pass the fuck out. He gets in the driver's seat. We just out. Like two, three hours later, the two of us almost simultaneously decide to wake up and then purge our insides. His beat-up Nissan was parked next to a white Maserati and a purple Lambo, which, why? Don't know. But they were no longer those colors after we were done. Oh, no. I want to say the purple Lambo was a nice rust brown, and the uh, white Maserati was a nice shade of purple, because he was on that side and I was on the other. At this point, we had sobered up enough to realize that we should probably leave before the owners decided to come back to their vehicles, and we did. And that's the story that I met at Sandler. Uh, did he also sign your hat and then you probably oh, lost yeah, it that absolutely. same night? Oh, yeah, I got so goddamn trashed. It was a mess. Yeah, yeah. so when I get back to base, I get yelled at because I got fucking, I'm missing part of my uniform. And that was its own thing. But, like, I, I didn't give a shit. It was out of fucking hat. It was pretty cool. I mean, even if, because you signed your military hat, right? Yeah, the white hat. The Dixie cut. Yeah, so the issue then was that I was out of uniform. Government property was also defamed. Ah, fuck. What? <laughs> I'm technically government property, or was, and I did enough horrible shit to myself to be classified as a, a felon. A felon. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing, though. Well, thank you for your story. Yeah. Yeah. It is always short. relatively short. That's okay, because sometimes short stories are the best stories. Like, yeah. drunk meeting Adam Sandler. Yeah. That's amazing. I wish I could meet mm-hmm. Adam Sandler. Possibly drunk. Possibly drunk? Do you want to be that drunk? Oh, I don't think she could handle being that drunk. I don't think I can no, be that drunk. <laughs> my tolerance didn't exist. My tolerance just kept on going. Now, not so much. I just get sleepy. You get handsy, and then you get sleepy. We've talked about how Skloon may be turned away from a bar as she scurries up to the bar stool and her feet kind of just ding, 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 ding. Yes. We're kicking her little toesies. I kick my feetsies. <laughs> the face he gave me was just like, mm, <laughs> I want to say something, but I'm not going to. Do it. Do it. Coward. Have you ever been that drunk? No. Okay, so I've been drunk twice in my life. Mm. And I don't like alcohol, so it's very hard to get me drunk because if I taste the alcohol, I immediately turn it away and don't drink it anymore. Mm. One time was on my 21st birthday. My cousin bought me a whole pack of the glass bottle, like uh, Smirnoff Ices. And he told me that since it was my 21st birthday, I had to drink the whole pack. And I was like, no, I'm not one to turn down from a challenge. Bet. And like halfway through it, I was like, okay, this is my last one. And he kept saying, yep, David, yep, yep. That's your last one. But little to my drunk knowledge is that he kept handing me a new one and I just automatically started drinking it and thinking it was the same one I had like three hours ago. 
No. So I was finishing off the whole case. And then we were at my grandma's house. So he was like, come on, let's go show grandma how drunk you are. And I was like, no, 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 I don't want to do this. So I sat down in the middle of the hallway. <laughs> just sat that there. immediately shows how drunk you are. Yeah. Yep. I sat down in the middle of the hallway and I started like giggling because I was like, I don't want to go. You're not going to make me go. And then my friend called me and uh, my cousin picked up the phone and was like, hey, Spoon is drunk right now, so maybe call back. She's like, no, 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 put her on the phone. And I started talking to my friend, and I was like, I love you so much. And we went to Subway, and I got a sandwich, and and usually they don't put a lot of mayonnaise in my sandwich, but they gave me so much mayonnaise, and the lady was so nice, and she put on extra pickles and, like, all this stuff. My friend was giggling, and then I remember waking up, and that was the first time I ever got drunk. (laughs) That's the best story. Yeah, and then the second time we were playing Drunk Mario Kart, we were playing Don't Drink and Drive rules, so you had to stop and either finish your drink or drink some of it and then go. You couldn't drink and drive at the same time. Smart. And I got really drunk because I wanted to win. My tummy hurt and I curled up on the couch and I was like, my tummy hurts. And I was very sad about it. So I started crying because my tummy hurt. And then my brother gave me a giant stuffed animal and a blanket. And he pretty much treated me like a bird and put the blanket over me until I went to sleep. That's the cutest (laughs) thing. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. Sounds like a jerk, but also sounds nice. Yeah. Well, the first one was my cousin. I, the second one was my brother. Well, I've heard your brother sometimes over the over calls, and he can be a bit of a jerk. No, so he's, an he's an affectionate jerk. He's an affectionate jerk. Affectionate is yeah. still a jerk. No, no, no. He's not. No, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> no. Sometimes he'll come and check on me while I'm doing the podcast and just stick one hand in and flip me off and oh. leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's just brother things. <laughs> my brother's like Hashtag my best just friend. Brother thing. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> One of the super drunk times that I had was I went to go meet up with my my best friend, and uh, I was confronting him because he did not tell me. Not only that he was back together with his ex-girlfriend, who was a little bit on the crazy girlfriend spectrum, but she was also seven months pregnant Oh, with his baby, and he did not tell me that he got her pregnant, and I was like, bescuse. So I went to go confront him, not so smartly, in the Miller's Ale House, and we had tried drinking like we used to back during like our Tuesday night shenanigans. So he promptly ordered us a shot of Patron and we both chugged a double caption and Coke. And we repeated that same pattern for a while. And it wasn't until I made the mistake and I was like, I'm hungry. It's been two hours and I'm hungry. Can I please get a spinach or a choke dip? So he ordered it for me and I went to the bathroom. I came back. I literally had one chip and I was like, I need to go to the bathroom again. And he did not see me for three more hours. Oh, no. When the store closed. Oh, no. The restaurant closed and he came knocking on the girl's bathroom because he recognized my car in the parking lot. So he knew I was still there. (laughs) He managed to get four giant to-go waters. He came into the bathroom and he was like, hey, honey, they're closed. We we gotta go. And I was like, ah, I'm sleeping. And I was yeah, curled up with the I toilet. Take nap. 
I take nap here. He literally was like, I, I literally thought you left me. And I was like, I'm too drunk to leave. Where would you think I would go? I think in total, we had like eight to 10 shots of tequila. Oh my God. Yeah. I do not remember how many Captain Cokes we had. But from that day forward, I have never been able to actually drink anything with tequila in it. Because it brings all of that back immediately. And I'm like, Yeah. Since I don't like getting drunk, I'm always like one of the babysitters. So I make sure people at the end of the night are dropped safely somewhere, have blankies and water and whatever they need. But it also gives me the funniest time to watch the drunk shenanigans going on oh it's great it's the best thing in the world i prefer (laughs) to do that now like i want to be that mom that's like listen if you're going to go out drinking just do it in the backyard so i can keep an eye on you because i also want to see your drunk ass fall over the chair we've had people uh fall downstairs sleeping in tubs we found them like upstairs in their tubs sleeping the class oh my god okay i don't think he listens to this podcast so i'm gonna say it but like our one friend was so drunk and we had you know we were having a barbecue i think it was a fourth of july party so we had hot dogs and hamburgers and all that good stuff he was so drunk we all went to go get food after we've been drinking for a while so we went out in the kitchen to go make ourselves (laughs) some hot dogs and he's in the kitchen making himself a hot dog the slowest possible like he's real concentrated and then he just takes his hot dog and he's he like looks at it and he tilts his head and squints and then puts it up to his ear and he's like hello like he thought it was a phone and we're like are are you okay do you need to not drink anymore tonight no no i could imagine i could imagine a banana no it was a whole hot dog in a bun with mustard on it and he's one of the ones that we have to make sure is dropped in a safe place because he will sit in chairs and fall out of them try to go to sleep and we also have to take his phone away because he drunk amazon shops that's the best no it's not he bought (laughs) he bought these pants they're like naruto pants or something like that and they were women the best and too small for him don't care the best you buy whatever your heart desires i have i ever told you about Zara's drunk escapade? No. He's going to kill me. But I'm going to tell you. No, I don't want him to kill you because no, 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 no. I don't want people to know. It, no. It's one of those stories where, like, you have to accept the shame that comes with it. No. Okay. Okay. Listen, I had to clean up after him. I get to tell the story. So the first one is Halloween. Uh, is typically a really big holiday for me and a few friends. And one of my close friends typically has a Halloween bash at her house. And I convinced him to go. Uh, it was like a Sunday for Halloween. And November 1st was a Monday. And he was actually going to go training at his new job. It was like his last day of training or something. So I was like, we'll go for a couple hours. We live five minutes down the road. It'll be fine. He was like, all right, they have a hot tub and a pool. We brought our own services, so the big boy cups. Yeah. I was like, we'll just have one of these. We'll, we'll be able to drink it throughout the night. We'll be fine. And then, again, after a couple hours, we'll leave. This boy fills most of it with vodka, a little bit of orange juice, gives himself a good screwdriver. He goes into the hot tub, drinks half of it, jumps out of the hot tub, jumps into the pool, drinks the other half, gets out, makes a new one repeats this process so he's literally in and out of this hot tub all night yeah come to a point where like 
Like I said earlier, he gets handsy and then he gets sleepy. So he's just sitting there and he's like, comes up behind me and he's like, hey. And I was like, hey, are we okay? Are you ready to go home? He's like, yeah, I'm ready to go home. And I was like, all right, you're going straight to sleep. So I, whatever. I'm fine. I think I had maybe like a beverage or half a beverage just because like with how much I saw him drinking, I was like, "Mm, even if it's five minutes down the road, I'd rather be careful. So I put him in the chair and I'm like, I'm going to go rinse out our cups. I'll be right back. He's like, okay. I was like, okay. I rinse out the cups. I turn around, passed out. It's like, all right, I'll let you sleep here for like an hour, hour and a half. My friend was, who's also very drunk. She was, she was so drunk. She was like, I have a spare bedroom if you guys want to chill. And I was like, no, because he has to wake up really early. You have dogs. I don't want to make a big deal. We'll just let him sleep for like an hour, pack up and go. She's like, okay. So about an hour passes. And I'm like, okay, we've played a game. It's time to go now. He literally rolls his head to the side. So like, you know how like you have your head, like your ear to one shoulder and then you like roll your head down to the other side, like a half moon. So he does that. And then he starts lurching and my friend's eyes got real big and she goes, oh no. And he then projectile vomited all over the floor. Oh no. Oh yeah. Super, super all over. It was a tile floor. I immediately sprang into action. I'm like, I need a bucket, please. Pip towels. And like yelling at people. We get a bucket. We clean up the mess. We get him. So my friend now very drunk she's like going up she's patting his head she's like it's okay it's okay you let it out and he's like i broke a rule i'm sorry because her rules were like don't let the dogs out like close the front door you know be safe on the pole because she's got a uh, a pole in her room yeah just just general things and one of them was don't get sick in my house and so he's like i broke a rule You'll never have us back. Oh. And she's like, no, it's okay. And so we get him out to the car. And they lean him against the car. And he's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make a mess. And she's like, no, honey, it's okay. Do you feel better? He's (laughs) like, yeah. She's like, okay. He goes, can we come back over? She goes, you can come over anytime. She's like, you can come over for Thanksgiving. He goes, Thanksgiving? She's like, yeah. And I was like, what is happening? Uh, he, he felt bad. Oh, my God. bonding. I've been so there. So he was like, okay. <laughs> and she's like, are you okay to get in the car now? He's like, yeah. She's like, okay. So she puts him in the car, and he's like, I think I'm going to be sick again. She's like, okay. She's like, I'll get out of your way. And he like threw up in her grass and like, she like had like a paper towel and she was like cleaning him up. And she's like, okay, I think you're ready, baby. And he's like, okay. I was like, this is the cutest shit. Yeah. What the hell? What is happening? He then promptly fell asleep the five minute drive home to where I had to get our roommate, who was a firefighter, to... Literally, firemen carry him into the house. Oh. It was a great time. Yeah. Truly. A great time. But I refused to get my partner and my father in the same room anymore because my dad goes, is it is it party time? And, of course, my, my partner goes, oh, yeah, it's party time. And then they proceed to try to outshot each other. Oh, yeah. We have a couple of those. It's the one friend that had the hot dog and my cousin. We have this thing, yep. I think it's straight vodka, but it comes in, it looks like like a fantasy potion bottle, 
They have no idea what it's called. We just call it the potion. Great. And they just they just down that. They try to one up each other. I don't like it. Yeah. You can take that away. It was so bad. We went to a bar. That's like my parents like hangout bar, like they're known there kind of deal. And my mom asked for the check. We don't know where my dad went. We don't even know where my partner went. My mom was like, Can I get the check? And her bill came out and she goes, why do I have a $200 bill? She's like, I know I didn't drink that much. Turns out my dad was buying drinks for pretty much anyone that they determined was a friend. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So my mom was like, we're leaving now. No more. And he was like, but I'm having fun. She's like, no, 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 no. And then, of course, my partner was like, hey. And I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah. He's like, your dad's so nice. And I was like, mm-hmm. That's why he's dad. <laughs> and this is why you're drunk. My absolute favorite drunk story is my brother's drunk story. We went to a bar. It was the first ever time I went to an actual bar uh, for his birthday. <clears throat> I don't I don't really, you know, I don't like crowds. I don't like loud people. And yeah. Bars are just full of loud people. Yeah. But we went to a bar uh, for his birthday in... Our one friend made him two cakes because she wasn't sure which cake he was his favorite. So she made him like a chocolate vanilla cake and a red velvet cake. His favorite cake is a red velvet cake. So uh, she brings out the cakes and he is so drunk at this point. Everyone's bought him shots. Uh, the bar people have bought him shots because it's his birthday. Like He's had a whole bunch of shots in him. And they bring out the cake and he's like, oh, red velvet. So he takes a knife and just like, stabs the shit out of the red velvet cake. <laughs> just like My over and guy. over again. And we're like, uh. And he's like, I love red velvet. And he then he cuts a piece that's directly in the middle of the cake and crooked. And he's like, mmm. And we're all like, I guess we'll have chocolate and vanilla. Here you go, bud. Enjoy your cake. And he was having the time of his Is life. Your- is your brother a sociopath? Just cutting a crooked piece out of the middle? <laughs> we were like, okay, I guess we can't have any red velvet cake. Oh my god. It was so funny. It was the best I would imagine ever. him just shoving it in his mouth. Like, just oh, scooping it. He didn't eat any of it. <laughs> what? It, 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 what? No, he got distracted. He got more drunk. He might have had his piece he cut out, but that was it. And then... And then he went home. He denies doing that, but everyone that was there was like, yep, you did that. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Are we ready to get into the stories of the meat of our meat and potatoes? The meat. The non-funny stories. I mean, I'm pretty proud of my story this week. Oh, that's true. That's true. I'm excited for your story, actually. Yeah. Your story, I have zero idea about. You've kept this one under wraps so well. Thank you. I didn't mean to. It was just because I was procrastinating. That's the secret, folks. Procrastination. Procrastination. This flunism of the day. You want to keep it a secret, procrastinate. Yeah, honestly. If you want to keep it a secret, you yourself don't even know what you're going to (laughs) do. Yeah. That's my favorite. Yeah. You won't even know what hit you. I don't know. (laughs) I'm excited. I'm super excited. There's just been a lot. There's a lot going on. We have some fun news later. So we'll get to that. That's our dessert. I feel like that's a joint dessert, to be honest. Our joint spoonful of dessert. 
for having a, a nice double straw milkshake at the end. Is that a dessert? Oh, can we be that cute 1930s, 1920s? No, 1950s. I'm so sorry. My decades. Where we wear like the little pony skirts, the little poodle yeah, skirts, the and then we <laughs> we sip on our malt shake together. Can I have the leather jacket with the popped collar? Why do you only get that? Why okay, is there wait, only wait, one wait, leather wait, jacket? Wait, wait, you're right. We can both have leather jackets and po- poodle skirts. We have to have those fancy bows, like they, they did the ponytail with the bows. Oh, those are so cute. my God, yes. Can I make us art of this? Why didn't you already do it? Here we go. Honestly, I keep waking up and I keep getting like little images or like little things that you send me and they just make me so happy because I'm like, what did Sloon do today? And then I just get like a potato that looks like me and I'm like, this is the cutest shit I've ever seen today. (laughs) I I recently made Ash uh, a do it for him sign that I want to use on our streams when we play Overcooked. Yes, we have been playing Overcooked 2. I kind of want to get Overcooked 1, to be honest, and see how good we are at that one. We've been crushing it. I don't remember anything about it. I just remember Overcooked 2 being the only Overcooked that's ever existed in my life. Right? Me too. I didn't even know there was an Overcooked 1. I... There has to be though. I know. I know. Too. It makes no sense there not to be, but I, I, I've never known it. Could you imagine though, if there was a game that was like it's promoted itself as like the sequel, but it's actually the only one? Yeah, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> That's how Kingdom Hearts labels their stuff. Fuck their labeling system. Man, Sorry. I'm very right. angry. No, you're right. You're right. You're... What does 365 days over two mean? That's not even the right number. I love Kingdom Hearts. Me too. I loved the original one. It was so great. And then somehow it kind of spiraled. A little bit. I feel like the majority of the games, like the main games with like Sora and stuff in them, are really, really good. I like all the games. Yeah. The side games, except for the one for the DS, the 300 whatever days over two. Yeah. Yeah. I did not like. I think what happened was they were like, hey, this is a really great idea. And I think this happens with pretty much anything. Yeah. This is a really great idea. Let's continue it. And now let's expand. They lose track of the main storyline. It, yeah. it happens every single time. It just adds way too much. And it's video games, books, TV series, movies, everything. Let's be real. The Marvel Cinematic Universe has so many movies and things happening that I'm surprised they can keep track of even half of what they do. Yeah, well, well now they can because they're like multi-universe. So now they can do whatever they want. That's all you got to do. Multi-universe. Dumb as shit. Dumb as shit. It's a cop nah, out. Nah, it's nice, it's nice. Because that means all your favorite Marvel characters are perhaps in one universe together fighting crime. I just want Deadpool to be in every single superhero movie like he's supposed to be. You know, I heard somebody say that they should start putting him in movies like Stan Lee cameos. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I think that'd be really neat. And like a really nice uh, throwback, I guess. Like a nod at Stan Lee. Homage. Yeah. Yeah. Homage. 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 Yeah, that's the word Hom- I was looking for. Homage, homage. Homer. Like a Sample. like a little like a little nod. Yeah. Yeah, I think and it could be just literally as simple as him like there's a fight breaking out in the grocery store and Deadpool's literally there just checking out tomatoes. Yeah, or even if Deadpool was in his Deadpool suit but like had a Stan wig on with the mustache. Oh. That would be so cute. That would be so cute. Oh my god. 
That'd be the best thing. He's literally in his dipple suit. Yeah. And he's got his Stanley hat, his little mustache. He's got like a cigar. Yeah. You know, whatever. And his it glasses. It makes so much sense because Deadpool can hop realities, can he? Yeah. I mean, he can now hop timelines because yeah. he has the little the click, thing. click. The click, click. Oh my God. Yeah. We've cracked it, Scoot. We've cracked You've the- heard it here first. Somebody get Marvel on the line. I want my name and credits, and I want an invite to meet Ryan Reynolds oh, I would and Blake Lively because she's amazing. I would die. I couldn't even do it. You would have to go with me because I would just hide behind you and be like, hello, Mr. Reynolds. Hello. I would say, hello, Mr. Hello, Reynolds. I have you tattooed on my arm. Please enjoy. Thank you. Sign my forehead. You know, quick side note, and I'm so mad that I don't know where it is now that I think about it. I met Dante Basco, the Rufio from the movie Hook. You've seen Hook, right? Yeah. So I met him. I actually have a picture of him looking at my Peter Pan tattoo and being like so like thrilled about it. He signed Rufio and then his name and I was going to get it tattooed on me. Have no idea where that signature went, and I'm really mad about it. No, that's so sad. Because I would absolutely get his signature on me. I would absolutely get Ryan Reynolds' signature on me. Because here's the thing. Having that signature, and they wrote it out to you, it's like highest honor to have someone take the time to write even their initials. Because, yes, they're a celebrity, yes, or whatever. But at the same time, like, they could have just told you no. Like, they honored that brief little moment with you. And I think that's great. Yeah, that's super cool. I've never met celebrity in my life. I've met a few. I've met Aaron Carter. Very nice. Ooh. Teenage heartthrob. I was just in love with him when I was like 16. He sang the Star Spangled Banner at a basketball game that I went to. Oh my god. That was a lot of fun. Anyway, we went on so many tangents. We did. We We're already in an hour. Good lord. You know what is fun though? Cryptids. Cryptids. Take away, Ash! Let's get this pony show on the road. I don't apologize for anything that I'm about to say, and I'm sorry for those who are listening. Uh, So we spoke about drowning, particularly of those in Greece and caused by sirens. But what if I told you that there could be a whole other reason for drownings in a main way? This cryptid may have a small cult following, as they can be as beautiful as they are dangerous. And this is straight from the horse's mouth, if you will. We're talking about Kelpies. Hey, Kelpies. These have been a stable urban legend since 1750, with stories usually to keep children from horsing around locks, uh, dangerous rivers, or really any pool of water. The tales were also meant to warn women to be wary of their handsome neighbors. And if you don't get any of my inflection... I'm punning this the entire way down, baby. <laughs> a water horse can be an umbrella term for many other creatures, some not as malevolent as the Kelpie. The origin of the Scottish word Kelpie is uncertain, but it may have come from the word Kalpa or Calipich, meaning heifer or colt. The first recorded use of Kelpie was from William Collins' manuscript. Manure script. (laughs) (laughs) Makes me laugh so fucking hard. (laughs) Before 1759, there is a possibility Kelpies are descended from water gods who took human sacrifices, a tactless endeavor for some. It would inhabit deep pools of water, like rivers and streams, although most will argue hoof and nail. 
that they live in lochs and any other form of water. So there's like two sides of the Kelpie fandom. One that's like, no, 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 they only live in lochs. They only live here. And then the other half are like, they literally live in any body of water. Seas, lakes, rivers, streams, that pool over there. Doesn't matter. The Gongoozler. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine that the Gongoozler and the Kelpie are best friends? Oh my god! And they ride, they ride off into the watery depths. The Kelpie is like, it's okay, Gongoozler, that you're ugliest and I'll be beautiful for the both of us. What do you mean? The Gongoozler is a beautiful being. This is true. He's so ugly, he's beautiful. Wow, that's what people say about me. You're just beautiful. What are you talking about? No. Man, what did I tell you about talking shit about my best friend? They're like, what is that walking down the street? It's a cryptid. (laughs) (laughs) It's Moth Girl. It's Moth Girl. Just let her be, man. Just give her some beans. She lives alone. I'm over there like, (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I don't need a can opener. I just need my teeth. I got my teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Just rolling around with it. (laughs) It's a nausea. It is growling (laughs) our (laughs) into the house. Mom, get the broom. Your brother's just like, oh god, who let this cryptid in? Just flashes on a light at you until you just, like, hide away. That's actually him coming into my room when we're recording the podcast. He flips on the light, I'm like, hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh god, hey. oh god, what's in here? What's this beast? That's so funny. Oh. <laughs> Regardless of where it calls barn. Uh, it will prey on humans that trot across its path. The shapeshifter is almost impossible to describe, although many accounts believe a centaur point is that they take the shape of a beautiful horse, typically black and very powerful looking. So like thick thighs, thick legs, thick torso, like strong muscular horse. Their mane would be dripping wet and typically found near a bay. So they would be near that bottle of water. They say if the horseshoe fits, you wear it. But the issue in Kelpie's hooves are reversed or backwards compared to a normal horse. So they're going to have the open part of the horseshoe facing forward versus behind like a normal horse. Mm -hmm. This horse would already be saddled and bridled so that once mounted, the young rider, as their typical prey were children, would be glued for the ride of their life. The Kelpie would turn around and hay barrel down the shores slash bank of the water source, and they would dive down and never stop. As the Kelpie's tail would hit water, people swore that they could hear thunder, whinnier or not it was raining. Are you proud of me so far with how many I've been able to sneak in here? I am so proud of you having a puntastic time. I lost um, how I lost count of how many puns I have, but I think at the end of it, I think I have 50 puns, give or take. I'm so proud of me. But also, I would, no hesitation, jump on that dangy horse. Would you? I would. I love horses. Okay, but hear me out. We watched Pirates of the Caribbean 4, and the mermaid's kiss could save a man from drowning, right? Yeah. What if you could also be blessed with a horse bu- noggin bump, a kelpie noggin bump? Oh! And then you could ride this kelpie forever. Oh, I would live my life at sea. I'd give my life for you, kelpie. You're like, hello, we are now married. No, not married. You can't marry a horse. What is this? Oh? Are you sure about that? Go on, I'm intrigued. Once the cowboy slash cowgirl drowned, the kelpie would devour them, so not married, yet. Yeah. Particularly livers, and leave the remaining entrails at the water's edge. And yet, 
Walter Greger, uh, one of the first members of the Folklore Society that I think we need to be a part of, would claim that they were seeking human companionship or they were useful, 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 so clever. <laughs> yeah, you are. A claim that Kelpies were not always murderous beings as they did howl or wail when dangerous heavy rains were coming, which made them beneficial to the villages. So essentially to help warn with flooding or like mudslides, landslides, things like that. Oh, that's nice. Kelpies would also use their particular magic to summon a flood to steer unsuspecting travelers away from their arena. So anyone that they deemed to be a danger, bandits, things like that, they would cause like a flood near that area and sweep the people away, which I think is a great way to get out of a conversation. That's true. But it's also very funny that they're like, I will protect village by warning of high water in bandits, but also just throw me like a child every now and then for a snack this thing. Listen, sometimes you gotta pay the toll. That's true. You can't have a, a whole water beast on your side without doing a little sacrifice. You know what I mean? You gotta, gotta be beneficial. You know what I mean? Tommy Two-Tone the Kid over there being a brat. Oh. Threaten him. Oh, boy. You didn't do your chores this week? Getting fed to the water horse. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh my god. Oh, it looks like you got a 99 on your test today, Timmy. Mother, please. Mother. <laughs> to the Kelpie with you. No, oh. mother, I could do better. That would be awful. That would be terrifying. I would be so scared of doing anything in fear of the water horse for punishment. But maybe later on, maybe you would want to beat the Kelpie horse. Yeah. Let's find out. What's the fun Because another form of a shape-shifting would be the two different versions of this stallion. The first being of a very hairy, usually faux-looking or foul-looking human. They would hide near the river, ready to gallop on travelers and crush them in their grip. So they literally would be a mountain person just hunched near a body of water usually like hidden in the bushes or behind a rock. And as soon as someone would come up, they would literally jump on from behind them and like crush them to death with their overbearing power. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just because they're human does not mean that they lose all their muscles and their speed. Because according to my research later on, a Kelpie is worth 10 horses in both speed, power, and stamina. So three, not both. I'm sorry. So they the powerful beasts. The other version would be quite the opposite. A beautiful star, if you will. Kelpies would typically be stallions in human form and would be incredibly handsome. So, oh. you know, the, the, the age-old saying, like, the Italian stallion? Yeah. Well, now we have the Scottish Kelpie stallion. Oh, sign me up. Where are they? I'm going. <laughs> Goodbye, Ash. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, sir. Hello, sir. Uh, this was meant to convince others who merely knew them to follow them to the water's edge without too much convincing. They were a handful of instances where it wouldn't be a stunning young woman, even better, similar to the tales of sirens. A clue to the true form of the Kelpie would still be their feet, as you could say they would still have a hoof to pick. Their feet would keep their original form, and they would have to try to hide them with the best of shoes, but also their hair would be mixed with seaweed. So it looked like regular hair, but it would still be a little wet, a little damp, and there would be clumps of seaweed in there. Seaweed, little like the algae strands, just like they came from the beach. They were little people. 
Uh, Jonathan, why are you clippy-clopping in the house? What, what, are you a horse, Jonathan? (laughs) I love how you just named him Jonathan. (laughs) And, well, there's a lot of tales that I'll, like, little stories that I, I have as well, but, like, just to imagine, like, you're walking, you have a basket full of apples, you have your little apron on, you're like, oh, the sun's beating so hard on me today. Oh, just if I could just take a little dip. But I know I should not fear the water. Oh, no. Father would surely be cross with me today if I'm late. And then, like, you happen to turn. And immediately you're like, A.O. Daddy? And there's just, like, beautiful, like, black-haired man just standing there. Or even better, a beautiful raven-haired vixen and... They can either be super butt-ass naked or they've got, like, the finest threads you've ever seen in your entire goddamn life. Got that fit! And they're just like, hey. They're standing, like, oddly behind, like, a rock so you can't see their feet. And they're just like, hey there. What's going on? I will always stand by my words that you have two arms. One for the honey, one for the himbo. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's the schoolism for today. Got two arms. One for the honey, one for the himbo. Two arms. You can hold them both at the same time. You can hold them both. That's wh- that's why God gave you two arms. You're right. You're right. And then for those of our friends who either have no arms or one arm, that's why you have a partner that may or may not also have two arms so that they can hold you and they can help you hold the honey or the himbo. Listen, just because you don't have arms doesn't mean you don't have thighs. Scloon. What? I just spat all over <laughs> my table. I don't know what you're talking about. Scloon! I didn't say anything! What did I say? Oh no. <laughs> it's happening. The sussening. Oh. Okay. So there are many tales surrounding those who have outwitted a Kelpie. One begins with a little cowboy. A family farming land north side of a lock had heard about the Kelpies on the other side, and they were nonplussed that their cattle had birthed a fairly large black calf. So they had a lot of cows, a lot of bulls, and I think from what I remember um, in the story, because I didn't read like super details about the cows, but like they were all essentially very normal dairy cows, right? This cow was huge, like birthed a huge calf, black Mean looking, like little baby horns, real nasty looking. Instead of the, instead of the normal cow demeanor, it came with a fiery temper and it had red rimmed nostrils. But this was not unwelcome as fairy bulls were actually deemed somewhat of a blessing and meant that your herd was like looked favorably upon the fed. I see, I see. Mm -hmm. This calf was bigger and growing bigger by each second, it seemed, along with its foul temper after many attempts to tame him it only whinnied and just grew larger demanding to eat everything in sight one day the farmer's daughter was strutting along the lock and keeping an eye on any unknown horses that she may have seen again because of the stories about the random horse near the water don't do it she actually came across a handsome young man 
who stepped in front of her, dressed in very fine clothes, and he had a long mane of blonde hair. Ooh, Fabio. Right? Such pretty. I'm imagining Orlando Bloom in the second Pirates of the Caribbean movie, where he like he has like that piratey look, but like he's got that fancy piratey look, Ooh. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Ooh. So he asked her for a comb, which she did lend. She was like, of course. However, he had issues with the back of his head and he was asking for help. So kind of like the, oh, yes, look at my beautiful hair. Oh, it's it's snagging. I don't know what's wrong. Oh, where is me? So she was untangling his hair and he ended up putting his head in her lap. He saddled down oh. and she found his hair to be a little wet, had some weeds mixed into it. And she quickly realized who or what had found her. And her mind quickly galloped into forming a plan to escape. She hummed a lullaby as she brushed the dandy until he fell asleep. And bit by bit, she untied her apron, stood up, leaving his head upon it, and then she hoofed it home. I tried so hard to find anywhere to put dandy brush in this sentence. <laughs> it was hard, man. I quickly was running out of puns. Not how you did it. You're a genius. Thank you. As she hoofed it home... She actually heard the raging Kelpie charge after her. And that's when she realized she was actually running past the fairy bull. So, like, she heard thunderous hooves running past. Like, she knew that she fucked up. And she was upset. She opened the gate and the fairy bull stormed out, huge and massive. It buckwild into the path of the man who turned horse. And throughout the fight, the stirrupped bull chased the Kelpie back to the lock, where they actually both disappeared the waves. Never to be seen again. <laughs> this story was made and produced by Larry Dawn. I don't remember if it said like she just made the whole story up or if she was one that like wrote down these tales from like the folklore that had passed, but she definitely was the one that helped publish this story. And, you know, you, you can say to yourself, like well, how how do I defend myself? How do I learn what this young woman did to to keep myself from a beast so foul? Well, you actually chomp at the bit, quite literally. So there are many stories of a Kelpie being able to lengthen their back and actually make their saddle longer to snag many children. There was once a child who was stroking the nose of a Kelpie and his hand got stuck. As all the other children had gotten stuck to the back, the horse actually started charging to their own waters. And the child stuck in the front of the horse had a knife and quickly cut his hand off. Oh. The hand was still clinging to the horse's nose, and the boy watched it disappear beneath the surface, all of his friends sinking with it. Oh my god. But is that all, though? Like, is that all that you can do is just cut off a piece of your body? Well, if you're up to the task, you would need to get close enough to grab the bridle specifically. If the Kelpie had transformed into a human, it could actually take the, the place of like silver jewelry, which would actually represent the bridle itself. So they can't carry it around. But there is a story where a young woman, she actually met a beautiful man sleeping on the side of the road and she found a silver necklace and she thought it looked magical so she actually ripped it off of his neck and the man got very angry 
So he continuously followed her around and things like that. And I guess try to woo her for her to give him back the bridle. And she was like, nope, I don't want to do anything with this. Until an older man of the village convinced her to give it back. And the Kelpie was like, well, if I was a normal man, would you marry me? You know, after having spent all this time trying to woo her to get his bridal back. Yeah. And she was like, yeah. So he gave up his powers to be a mortal man. And they lived happily ever after. Oh. You can marry a horse. That's so cute. But at the same time. She just stumbled across the sleeping man's and was like, oh, that's a pretty necklace, and just stole it. Okay, to be fair, I don't know if, like, maybe in the beginning of the story, she saw him transform into okay. the man. I, I right. don't know. Okay, that would make the more sense. The point is, is she felt magical towards this boy, oh. this young man, and she decided to steal a thing that belonged to him so she can keep him for her own. Who knows? I want a cryptid to come and take me away. Listen, Mothman is on his way. No, he's too busy gyrating. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. Not this podcast. Okay. I mean, if it is the pod, honestly, we are the podcast to talk about that, if anything. We'll keep it for the Mothman episode. Okay, okay. You'll find out why he's gyrating (laughs) the Mothman episode. Stay tuned. (laughs) Okay. So when you do find the bridle, you would actually need to grab it and rip it off of the Kelpie as fast as you can. And when you do, the horse is actually under your control. Again, the water horse has the strength of at least 10 horses, the stamina to match, the power to match. And it's actually rumored that the McGregor clan is owner of one such bridle near Loch Slocht. I'm not Scottish, and I don't know how to say that. And it's been passed down throughout generations. The story goes that Highlander James McGregor found the Kelpie who was stalking the woods and shores. He managed to catch it by surprise and actually cut the bridle off of it. Some sources do say that without a bridle, the Kelpie would die within 24 hours. Some say that you can actually keep it and train it because you actually have full control. But wanting to save its own life, the Kelpie tried to bargain with McGregor because it was going to be dying within 24 hours, but was unsuccessful. The Kelpie followed the man to his home, which then said it would actually win because the bridle couldn't go through the door with the cross hanging overhead. McGregor was like, nah, bitch, and tossed it through the window, leaving the water horse to die outside. Oh. Uh, As the bridle has been passed down through the family, starting from the 19th century, it actually became known as the Willock's Ball and Bridle and was actually believed to have magical powers of healing. And as Kelpies are incredibly beautiful, but also incredibly dangerous, it is best just not to horse around with them at all. And that is the Kelpies of the Scottish folklore and how they can turn into beautiful stallions of both man and beast. Oh my god, that's amazing. Thank you. It's amazing. I am actually part Scottish, so I knew a good chunk of that. But there's a lot of things that I didn't know. Like, I didn't realize that you actually could grab the bridle. But I didn't know that you can you can essentially train one or, like, if you do get to keep it, like, you get to keep, like, the magical powers associated with it. Yeah. Or you get yourself a hubman. Hubman. Heyo. Heyo. The true Italian stallion. Horse hubman. <laughs> a horsend. The new <laughs> horse husband. Yep. Cool. Oh my god. You, you see what my brain did there? 
are you, are you seeing why I giggled? <laughs> I said horse husband in my brain immediately imagined corpse husband, but as a horse. Because <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> what up, baby? What up? Just- <laughs> <laughs> Nay, baby. <laughs> Nay, baby. Oh. Help. Help us. Just, he just he just goes like click clack, motherfucker. Oh, click clack! <laughs> Woo! Clippy clappy. Alright, to be fair to all of our viewers, it is 1am. Listen, we've... <laughs> it's gremlin hours, it's okay, we already stated this. It is, this is how we are. This is no sleep, migraine sleep, we're all here. Yeah. It's a good time. We're amongst it, the whole way. Among us? Um, among Click us? Click sus. Sus? Sus? Click clack? <laughs> okay. I, before I forget, because that's how I am as a person, real quick, my credits are the dictionary.com, the Kelpie definition and meaning, because that gave me a lot of the etymology, the Kelpie's Last Battle by Larry Don, why are Kelpies so feared and distrusted in Scottish folklore, that was from icsedgwick.com, Scottish folklore, Kelpie's Timberbush Tours at Timberbush hyphen tours.co.uk the kelpie wikipedia the kelpie myths and folklore wiki fandom and the kelpie's supernatural shapeshifters to spectacular sculptures from highlandtitles.com sometimes there's not a whole lot and sometimes there's a lot of just the same information so i wanted to make sure that all that information matched essentially yeah i'm excited to know your story. I see your credits here and Don't be sneaky peeky. I I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, but I'm kind of obsessed now. Wait, just you're gonna wait with all the viewers. Okay, hold on. Alright, I close I closed out. I'm sorry. It's okay. I forgive you. I love you. I am ready for my click clack murder story. Today I am going to be talking about a serial killer. And I don't know if you guys know this, but I myself am a little bit of a serial killer. My favorite victim is Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Is it really? Yeah, it's one of them. I like mini wheats too. Mini wheats are good. <gasps> Me too. Like the blueberry ones, slap. Yes. Every time. Are we? Did we just become best friends? I mean, did we? <laughs> you did ask me where you were beginning of the podcast. Yeah. Right? Did you see? Oh, hello. That's right. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Better be best oh. friends too. <laughs> best friends marry best friends, right? That's how it goes. Yeah. 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 That's how it is. So we're going to be talking about the serial killer, Dennis Nelson, who was a Scottish serial killer to match our click clacks. He was born in Fraserburgh, Scotland, November 23rd, 1945. His parents' marriage was unhappy, and as a result, Nelson his mother, and his siblings all lived with his grandfather, who Nelson adored and spent a lot of time with. Then his grandpa had a very unexpected death when Nelson was just six years old. This, in the viewing of his corpse at the funeral, traumatized Nelson and, according to him, later led to his behaviors and killings. Of course it did. Right. Right? That's what the USA. Mm-hmm. At 16, he enlisted in the army. He became a cook serving as a butcher in the army catering corps, learned many skills as a butcher that he later used during his five-year killing spree. It's good to have that knowledge, you know? Mm-hmm. Way to chop the meat. He left the army in 1972 
and went into police training. While he was in police training, he discovered he had a fascination with the morgue and autopsy bodies. He eventually resigned and went on to become a recruitment interviewer. Nelson's first official brush with the police came in 1973 when David Painter, a young man who Nelson had met through his work, claimed that Nelson had taken pictures of him while he was asleep. Painter was so angry at the confrontation that him and Nelson had after the pictures were taken that he needed to be hospitalized because of it, and Dennis was taken in for questioning about the incident, but was released without charge. That's creepy. Don't take pictures of people Mm-mm. without their permission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah, especially when they're sleeping. You creep. In 1975, he moved in with a man named David Galachan in a garden apartment that lasted two years. David denied that they had any homosexual relationship and eventually left their shared apartment. After he left, Nelson's life began to spiral downwards into alcoholism and loneliness that lasted 18 months later when his first murder would take place. Nelson began having many sexual encounters with men that only seemed to reinforce his loneliness when they were over. Though Nelson recognized his homosexual desires, he was never comfortable with them and began acting on them through murder and dismemberment. Don't do that. (laughs) Maybe don't do that. No, thank you. On December 29, 1978, in a pub, he met his first victim. He invited the young man that he met at the pub home as many other occasions like it for some little quiet times, alone times. But the next morning, Nelson was overcome with the desire to prevent him from leaving. He strangled him with a tie and then moved on to drowning him in a bucket of water. He then took the corpse of the young man into the bathroom, washed it, and placed it back on the bed. Later during his confessions, he remarked that he found the corpse very beautiful and attempted to have sex with it again. Mm. He then spent the rest of the night sleeping next to it. When he finally hid the body, he put it underneath the floorboards of his apartment for seven months before moving it and burning the decaying remains in his back garden. Can I can I just point out that it already sounds, I mean, this is just like the first part of it, but it kind of sounds like a Jeffrey Dahmer situation. A little bit, right? Yeah, like the... Not the M.O. particular, but, like, how he essentially, like, he cuddled with the corpse. Yeah. For lack of a better term. You know, like, that's an interesting thing. And the fact that it was a gay man. Like, there's just a lot of similarities. I don't know if I could live with a body under my floorboards for a couple of months. I just feel like that's a... No, no, no. That's a lot. No, no, no. And listen, there are many of us who want to cuddle a corpse, but that one's alive. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh hey uh hey corpse husband no! wanna... i'm sorry i'm making jokes i can't help myself okay and the word corpse that's immediately what it goes to i'm gonna tag him in this twitter don't do it i'll cut it out day one you like this weird i'm tagging corpse husband jokes. to get recognized <laughs> no. i'll do it no. no you cut this out Joke's on you. I have my own <laughs> copy of this. Ah, I shit! I'll post it for the world. Oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! Alright, fine. I'll keep Ooh. it in. Uh, <laughs> okay, oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> anyway. His second victim was Canadian tourist named Kenneth Okendon. They met at a pub once again. December 3rd, 1979. And Dennis offered to show him several landmarks. 
After giving him the tour, Dennis Nelson invited him up to his apartment. Then he strangled him to death. The following morning, Nelson staged Okandan's body in a number of suggestive positions, photographed each time, and watched television with the corpse by his side. Afterward, he wrapped it up in a plastic bag and hid it under the floorboards. During the next two weeks, Nelson dug up and reburied the body several times. Every time after he dug it up, he would place it in the armchair and engage in conversation with it as if it was still alive. Just get a roommate. Just get a cat. Just get a cat. Just get a cat. Just get a cat. They will ignore you just the same as a dead person. As my cat just came up to me now. Why didn't this guy just get a cat? And kept it alive. He wanted to murder. Oh. About five months later, on May 13, 1980, he had found his third victim, Martin Duffy, a homeless 16-year-old who Dennis had invited to spend the night. He first strangled him in his sleep and drowned him in the kitchen sink. Afterwards, Dennis took Duffy's body to the bathroom and bathed him, kissed him, complimented him, and masturbated over his body repeatedly for the next following two days. He hid it away in a wardrobe for about two weeks. When the body became bloated, he then moved it under the floorboards with the other body. He cheating on the one body with another body? Yeah. That sounds awful. That's awful. Like, he was like, I'm not really satisfied with this one corpse that I have. Let me go get another one. This is what I mean by this person has these thought processes that he grew into, he made himself, and uh, until he is told otherwise, he's going to think that it's probably okay to continue doing this. And it's not. No. Go no. to a seminar, my guy. Yeah. Go to YouTube, pull up a TED Talk, learn <laughs> something. <laughs> they had YouTube back then, but, you know. You're, I mean, you're right. But also, a seminars are very much a thing. Pull up Murder Horrors Monsters Podcast. To help you learn how to not murder, spelled on Spotify, email us. Spotify, <laughs> Google, yeah. soon to hopefully be Pandora and Apple Podcasts. We're everywhere, baby. Share your stories with us. <laughs> Small plug. Oh my god. Share your stories about how you almost became a murderer. <laughs> almost became a murderer or almost became a murder victim. You know? And then it. this podcast showed you the light. Yeah. Like I said, we're all serial killers. Just don't be the bad serial killers. You know, grab yourself a bowl of Wheaties, the blueberry kind, get some nice cold milk, put a spoon in there, or opposite day, put your cereal in there, eat it, and then put your spoon in the bowl. And then, you know, just chill out. <laughs> That's why there's therapy. If there's ever been a thing, I feel like podcasts are a real true, like, advocate for therapy. Oh, yeah. Go talk to someone about your feelings. Yes, please. Go about your cohabitation issues, your dependency issues, the fact that you feel like there's no one there for you, whatever. Do not resort to murder, please. Don't resort to murder. And in my TED Talk. There's always somebody with the ear open. Go talk to people. You don't have to murder. Do not murder other people. Do not murder yourself. Talk to somebody. Next in his spree was 27-year-old Billy Sutherland, who had left his home for London to find a job. He worked as a chef in London previously and hoped to find something similar when he visited the job center where Dennis worked. Hearing his Scottish accent, the killer suggested they go out for a drink and he followed Dennis home after repeatedly telling him he had nowhere else to go. But sadly, he met the same fate as the others with the string and the wash and the floorboards. And then, 24-year-old Malcolm 
Barlow, who was an orphan with learning disabilities. He also became a victim of Dennis and had his body stuffed under the sink after all the killing due to the lack of space in Dennis's home. Mm. He was running out of space for these bodies. He needed to uh, put a little pizzazz where he put it. He could just not murder and That's then he wouldn't what I'm have an saying. bodies. <laughs> right? You could just not do it, and then you don't have that problem. If you have a problem, stop the problem, and then it's not a problem anymore. That's true. That's true. You have too many bodies. Stop too making many bodies. bodies. Not enough space. Save <laughs> space with gladware. Okay. Stop it. <laughs> we must laugh, for if we don't, we'll cry. That is literally what it is. We're not laughing at the victims. We are laughing at how dumb the murderers are and how the fact that they chose to be a murderer, regardless of the situation that occurred, and the fact that these horrible things have happened to these people is incredibly upsetting. And the fact that it sounds like all the victims that you're talking about were Dennis, but essentially how all the victims that he had were those of who didn't have a household to go to, who were gay, probably out, you know, LGBTQ plus community, most, and I think it's all, it's all been men. They are running away from home, their families kicked them out, like, so many things, and just be there for your friends, be there for your people, because none of these people's lives, none of these men's lives should have been taken. They were people, and if they weren't alone, which is a weird thing to say it, if they didn't feel alone, maybe this would have ended up differently. Who knows? So be there for your friends. Yeah. It seems like in society, men especially have to hide Mm -hmm. their loneliness or their sads and stuff like that. So we need to check up on everybody. Check up on your guy friends too, because most of the time, society tells them they can't be sad or depressed or lonely and they just have to put on a brave face. And Mm -hmm. that's not right. You know what? They're human beings. They could be sad. They could be depressed. Please check up on your friends. All of your friends, no matter the gender, no matter if they're genderless. And hopefully that's something that will be taken away, regardless of what topic we're talking about. Do not let your friend climb onto the back of a horse that just randomly appeared. Do not let your friend do that, because that horse may be a beautiful man, or a beautiful woman, or a beautiful creature of the night, and steal them away forever, and then you'll never see them again. And it's not your fault that you'll never see them again, and it's not their fault that you'll never see them again. It's the thing that stole them fault. But as long as we're able to be there for everyone, maybe there's a chance that it can turn out differently. Monsters come in different disguises. Oh my gosh, the whole reason why we have horror and monsters in our name. It's not just murder. What we'll definitely be doing, since I help out with now editing and posting, uh, we're definitely going to make sure that we have a lot of resources in our uh, Twitter posts from now on. We're going to make sure that we have a lot of our descriptions and our podcasts that actually have like resources to for like the Travers Project, for the Zebra Coalition, things of that nature as well for especially about the topics that we do talk about. So like this one for Sloon's story, those of the LGBTQ plus community, people of color, indigenous people, you know, making sure that they have resources as well as just safety. Be in numbers and be for each other and you're not alone. You're never alone. Never alone. By 1981, Dennis had killed 12 men in his apartment. He claimed he went on a killing trance on several occasions and was able to snap out of it and actually freed some of the men rather than complete the whole act. But the majority of his victims were not solo. 
He had half a dozen bodies hidden in his apartment and had to spray his room twice a day because of all the flies that were hatching from decaying bodies underneath the floorboards and any other nook and cranny stuffed them. Soon, neighbors started to complain about the smell, but Dennis had convinced them that it was probably due to structural problems within the building. I don't know how he convinced them to do that. Mm. He, he got away with it. He rolled that hard nat 20 and convinced him real good. Charisma. Charisma. That's dumb. To get rid of the hidden corpses, he would remove his clothing and dismember them on the kitchen floor with a large kitchen knife. He would sometimes boil the skulls to remove the flesh. He would place the organs in plastic bags for disposal. Then he buried the limbs in the garden and in the shed, sometimes putting torsos into suitcases until he could burn the remains. Most times, he would burn fires all day long without raising any sus from his neighbors. Once the fires burned away all the flesh, he would crush the bones and spread them around his back garden. Which is wild, right? Because, like, you're already, like, super suspicious about this smell. And you're, like, your neighbor's like, no, 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 it's just the building. And then he just burning fires all day and you don't suspect anything? Also, how often are there fire, like, people making fires in his neighborhood that they don't question it? Yeah. I feel like I'd question it. Right? I would question it, too. If you're burning a fire all day long and throwing bags and such into the fire. We got words, man. Also, the smell of burning flesh is, like, a thing. Oh, yes. It's very much a thing. Yeah. I don't get it. I feel like it's that whole thing where, like, you feel something's wrong, but because you really don't want to deal with it. You just kind of put it off out of your mind. You don't want to know. So you just kind of mm-hmm. like... Mm. Oh, it's just it's just good old Dennis over there in the corner just burning his weeds. And over there, Dennis burning his luggage again, you know. Yep. Oh, he must have had a sale. Must have bought some brand new leather luggage. Oh, Wow. Oh. Dennis over there. What's he cooking? That's literally what they're probably doing because you don't, you don't want to deal with it. I, I guarantee you it's the whole... I just thought that he was just like any other average Joe and he was just doing his work as a neighbor and just getting rid of all this crap because they don't want to deal with it. And that's human nature and it's awful. In 1982, he tried to stop his homicidal behavior. He moved out of his apartment and into a top floor apartment that had no back garden or floorboards in which to hide bodies under. This proved, however, to be unsuccessful as another three victims were killed in his new apartment. Of course. He tried, not very hard, and it failed. In March 1982, Dennis Nelson invited John Howlett for a drink. After Howlett fell asleep in his bed, Nelson sat by his side and continued to drink before he tried to strangle him. However, Howlett awoke and struggled with Nelson, almost overpowering him. He was eventually strangled to unconsciousness three times. After Nelson realized he was still breathing, he filled the bathtub with water and drowned Howlett for five minutes until he passed away. Then dismembered the body, flushed the flesh and organs down the toilet, and threw the bones in the trash. I was half rooting for that kid. I I was like, I feel like it's not going to work, but I feel like I really hope that he's going to make it out. What a scary situation to oh know what's happening and trying your best and almost getting there and then it doesn't even matter. I mean, it matters only with the fact that, like, I feel like you would be a little bit at peace knowing that you tried your hardest. 
Well, yeah, but I meant like in the end. But I'd haunt the fuck out of that man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-mm. That's so upsetting. I know. Oh. I know. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Nope. Sorry. I'm okay. Okay. Two months later, the scenario was repeated with Carl Stodder, who slept in a sleeping bag in Nelson's home. Stodder awoke to Nelson strangling him and was then taken to the bathtub and forcefully emerged. Believing he had killed Stodder, Nelson placed him on an armchair. However, he realized Stodder was still alive when his dog, he had a dog named Bleep, which is the cutest name ever. Oh, I love and that. And he did not deserve that dog at all. So wait, my man had a dog? Your man and had he a dog. was still needing attention? Yeah. Well, clearly, he does not understand that fur babies are for life. Do you ever watch movies like there's a lot of killing happening and like there's one dog and then someone kills the dog and you immediately start crying? Oh, yeah. Listen, it's not mm-hmm. like I'm fine with humans being killed, but like. I half expect it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't touch those babies. They are too babies. precious. We do not deserve dogs. No, they're so good. They're good mm-hmm. boys and girls. They just want to make you happy. And they get so excited mm-hmm. when you get home. And they're just like, hello, love me. You're my whole world. And just like, Aah. Think about it. You will only have a dog for a short amount of time in your life. But you will have the dog for the entirety of theirs. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. I was when I was in the hospital. The day I was getting out, I had to wait for them to come pull out my IVs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a movie on TV. I think it's. I think it was a dog's journey. Have you ever seen that movie? Yes. Oh my God. I was sitting there. If anyone hasn't watched this movie, it's a whole bunch of stories of a dog that gets reincarnated into different dog in like their life with their new owners and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And every single time one of the little lives in the movie ends, like it made me super sad to the point where this nurse is trying to pull on my IVs and I am bawling. And she's like, are you, are you okay? Is this hurting? And I'm like, no, it's it's literally just the movie. The I, movie. I, I'm fine. Just don't look at me. <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah, I seen this yesterday. This is sad. <laughs> that movie makes me so sad and I can't. Do oh, my it. God. I cried. And then my my dad picked me up from the hospital, and he's like, "Are you okay?" Because my eyes were all like puffy, and I was like, "Yeah, I watched this really sad dog movie." <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he has a dog named Philippe, and he's still out here killing people, makes me even angry. Yeah, he doesn't deserve dog. Mm-mm. That dog deserved much better. Yeah, he realized that Stoddard was still alive when his dog bleeped jumped over and began licking Stodder's face because Bleep never interacted with the corpses. Mm. Nelson then decided to resuscitate Stodder and later told him that he had accidentally strangled himself after being stuck in the sleeping bag's zip. The next two days, Stodder fell unconscious or several times and had flashes of Nelson strangling and drowning him. Stoddard asked Nelson about the memories, but Nelson explained that Stoddard would have nightmares whenever he was stuck in the zip and that he would place Stoddard in cold water to help him recover from the shock. So he's just out here covering his tracks. They just tried to murderize this man real quick. And also, I feel like my first question 
like obviously shock from having woken up but i feel like one of my first questions would have been like okay so you just told me that you saved me from me being strangled by my zipping my like sleeping bag but why am i wet that's also so scary knowing that either you're being told the truth and therefore you can't trust yourself around a sleeping bag and now you're gonna be terrified of like water and like anything near your face or that you're being lied to and you're now being housed with a murderer no, thank you. Nelson invited Stoddard to stay over again. <laughs> but Stoddard declined. Good job. He was like, no, no, no. Something's up. I'm having weird dreams and you're acting really weird. <laughs> no, no, thank you. So he got away at least. I bet when it all came to light, though, he was traumatized. Well, yeah. Because I'm sure after everything comes to light, he's also learning about all the bodies that he was sleeping with. Like, in the same room kind of deal. He'd be like, I didn't realize that Jimmy Two-Tone was literally beneath my floor, like, where I was sleeping. No, no, no. This is new apartment, so they're not in the floors anymore. There's no floorboards. Where are they? Where were they? He flushed them down the drain. Oh. Oh. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well. Still unsettling. (laughs) Wait a minute. What's up? I think I've heard this story before, and I think I know how he gets caught. <laughs> yeah? I think I know how he gets caught. Let me I'll just... just, I'm, just right out. I'm gonna just... I'm gonna just say one word. You don't have okay. to tell me anything. All right. All right. Chicken. No. Oh. Very intrigued now, though. Well, when we get to the part, I'll... If it rings a bell, I'll chime in. If it doesn't, then I'll... We'll move on. It's fine. Nelson's next victim was Graham Allen, who was offered a meal and then strangled while he was eating an omelet. Allen's body was left in the bathtub for three days, and Nelson had to ask off a day from work so he could dismember it. No! He's like, I'm way too busy to dismember this body. On January 26, 1983, Nelson killed his final victim, Stephen Sinclair, who was strangled while in alcohol and drug stupor in Nelson's armchair. After killing him, Nelson noticed that Sinclair's wrists were bandaged. He removed them and discovered that Sinclair had tried to kill himself only a few days prior. Nelson had bathed the corpse, applied talcum powder to it, and arranged mirrors around the bed before undressing himself and lying naked next to the dead. After several hours, Nelson kissed the body, wished it good night, and fell asleep alongside it. The body the next day was dismembered and the parts were placed in different bags, with Sinclair's own bandages being used to seal them. Oh. Oh. I'm so sad because this this boy, however old he was, he tried to kill himself to either A, be like, I don't want this anymore, I want to like live and have a fun time and like just be a great time or even if he didn't mean to survive but like he had another chance just for some asshole to take it that's so sad that's That's so so sad sad. i know i got so sad when i wrote that part i was like oh no god damn it why do people gotta be dicks for your own satisfaction why because they can't get no satisfaction now with his new apartment Dennis had a harder time hiding and disposing the bodies, but overcame this obstacle by boiling the heads, feet, and hands and dismembering the bodies, cutting them into small pieces that he could flush down the toilet in plastic bags. In the early February 1983, one of the tenants of the building called in a drain specialist to investigate a drain blockage. 
They, in front of the other tenants of the building, including Dennis, pulled out a rotting human remain from the outdoor manhole, and a full investigation from police was deemed necessary. Yeah. Ash, would you like to, to share a, ch- a tidbit? Yes, yes, yes. So, this is the story that I was thinking of, because um, I listened to this episode on My Favorite Murder, shout out, great and Karen Kilgariff, I believe, did this story. And as she was talking about it, she said that like the tenants basically kind of gathered around the drain pipe because they were all really curious. And one of the drainage people made the comment of like, oh, this looks like flesh. And there was a voice in the background that was like, no, nah, I think it looks like someone flushed their fried chicken down the sink or down the toilet. Lo and behold, the person who made that comment was Dennis. Trying to cover his tracks with chicken. Who flushes fried chicken down the drain? Any drain. Yeah. Wild. I think, I don't know if you have this part in your story, but the next morning they went back to look at the drainage pipe with like the police officers and that big lumpy piece of flesh was gone. Oh, no I don't. Mm -hmm. I I missed a whole information plug. Oh my god. Oh my god. They did get taken back, and it's supposedly because he went back to, like, remove the evidence and hope that people thought it was, like, a fever dream or something like that. But they did find further evidence of human remains, like, a little bit deeper into the drain. They used that instead. All that information has been deeply rooted in my brain since I heard her story. And because I thought it was just so fascinating that not only is the killer there, but he tried to make it a comment to be like, ah, it's just food. Yeah, just, just just chicken. It's just some chicken. So they try to hide the evidence, hoping that they didn't go searching for it. Like it just blew my mind. Well, Dennis started to become aware of the soon be capture and tried to cover his tracks by removing the human tissue from the drains that night. There you go. But was spotted by another tenant who became very suspicious of what he was doing. Of course. What are you doing with those drains there, bucko? Like, we were all here. We all heard the, the people say it was human. They're not worried about the bonfires, but they're worried about the man poking around in the drainage. Yeah, well, maybe it became too much. They're just like, all right, the smell, and then the drainage, <laughs> and the fires, and now there's humans in the drain. There's human mm. parts in the drain, and now you in the drain. Like, come on, man. Come on. 101, how to suss. On the evening of February 9th, Detective Chief Inspector Jay, I didn't get his last name, came to Dennis and informed him that they wished to question him in relation to the human remains that had been discovered in the drains. When he entered the apartment, Jay noticed the foul odor and asked Nelson what it was. Dennis calmly confessed that what they were looking for was stored in bags around the apartment, which included two dismembered heads and other large body parts. He was like, I give up. Yeah, he's like, you got me. You got me. You I'm going to explain this away. Oh it's it's just, it, the bag is full of chicken. It's full of chicken. Well, I mean, you did say earlier the whole purpose of him moving to the third floor was so that he could try to stop killing. Yeah, so he kind of just boxed himself. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, at least they don't have to worry about trying to strong arm him to get a confession. He just gave it. So. Yeah, he knew he was just done. He was just mm-hmm. like, well, it was a good run. 
upon his arrest, he immediately provided extensive details about his killing spree, admitting to killing 15 young men. He also admitted to the attempted murder of seven others, although he could only name four of them. At no point did he show any remorse and appeared eager to assist the police with gaining evidence against him, even taking them to his old address to point out specific disposal details. So he was just like, yeah, this is how I did it. This is where I hit him. That's kind of insane. Yeah. After the confession, Nelson was held Brixton Prison pending trial. Whilst there, he wrote over 50 notebooks of memories. He also drew what he referred to as sad sketches which detailed his treatment of some of the victims. On October 24th, 1983, Nelson was charged with six counts of murder and two charges of attempted murder. He pleaded not guilty to all charges, <laughs> citing his diminished responsibility due to mental defect. Okay, sure, but <laughs> I just love how you were like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. That's what they all try to do, right? Honestly. The old routine. I couldn't do it because I am not mentally sound. Therefore, I'm not responsible. I plead the insanity plea. When you definitely are responsible. (laughs) Because this also fits in with um, two weeks ago with the Otaku Killer, where basically like a lot of systems, they have it in place where they will analyze you to see if you are sound mind and body. Well, mostly sound mind, because if you have the forethought to hide bodies, if you have like the knowledge that what you're doing is wrong enough for you to try to hide and manipulate evidence, you are aware that it's wrong enough to understand the consequences for it. And therefore, my guy, the insanity plea does not go very far with that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Prosecution relied primarily on extensive interview notes that resulted from his arrest, which took over four hours to read to the jury. So all those notebooks you read, they were just like, this is what he wrote. This is what he did. And it took them four hours to read it all. That's a lot. Yeah. That's too much. It's too much. As well as a testimony from three victims, Paul Nobbs, Douglas Stewart, and Carl Stoddard, the old sleepy boy, sleepy bag, who got away. We are happy you got away, Mr. Stoddard. We are indeed. All of them he had attempted to strangle. Physical evidence included photographs of the murder scenes as well as the chopping board used to dismember the victims and the cooking pot used to boil the skulls, feet, and hands, which is actually now on display at the Black Museum in Scotland Yard. All right. On November 3rd, 19. 19- 83, the judge agreed to accept the majority verdict of guilty on all six counts of murder. The judge sentenced Dennis Nelson to life in prison without eligibility for pro for at least 25 years. Dennis Nelson died in a hospital on May 12, 2018. He had been serving his life sentence in prison when he was taken to the hospital on May 10, 2018, complaining of severe stomach pains. He was then found to have a ruptured abdominal artoric aneurysm mm. which was repaired but he later suffered a blood clot as a complication of the stomach surgery he died two late days later on march 12th at 72 years old and having served 34 years of his full life sentence he was cremated and returned to his next of kin mark austin 
Dennis reportedly told Austin he wanted his ashes to be scattered at the bottom of his back garden of his former home, the location where he had burnt the remains of his victims. I feel like you don't get that. No. Austin, thankfully, refused the request. He said, I thought it was an insult to those who died. Yes. Good, good man. Good man. Good man. Good man. He eventually went off and scattered it in a sea. I was going to say, I feel like if anyone's going to have their ashes dumped, which I will tell you, I don't care what happened in your relationship, your family relationships, whomever, you do not dump people's relatives' cremation ashes anywhere unless you were asked to do that by the person who has now been deceased. I am referring to that story about that girlfriend who was like, my boyfriend cheated on me, so I dumped his mother's ashes in the river. You don't do that, my guy. Yeah. You do not do that because she's going to whoop your ass in the afterlife and you're not going to have that. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone's wishes were meant to be ignored and just kind of put in like, I don't know, a landfill, be like this guy Oh yeah, should have been that. Are you forced to take someone's ashes? Like, if if it's a criminal, like, are you forced to take their ashes if they died in prison? I don't know. Because I would have just been like, no, no, I don't need or want. Thank you. Just throw them away. Just throw them away. Just throw them away. Get them out of here. Uh, I just love how his next of kin was like, fuck you. Yeah, he's like, no, we're not going to do that. We're not, we're not going to desecrate your victim's last, well, not last, but second to last resting place just because you want to be with them. No. Yeah. He was also referenced in the show Criminal Minds. Hey. In both episodes, season 11, titled Drive, and season 12, titled A Good Husband, he was referenced. And, and the killers were slightly based off of him. That was the horrible story of a horrible man doing horrible things. Don't do murder. Don't do murder. I don't know how many times we can say that. Just don't do it. Don't do it. What's the whole, what's the point? What is the point? What is the actual point? What do you gain from it? It's not giving you a good time or a long time. No. Well, thank you for telling that story. Even though I remembered the little part about the chicken. I, (laughs) maybe it wasn't specifically fried chicken. Maybe it was just regular chicken. But regardless. Even though I forgot everything else, it still was a baffling tale of just how someone was able to get away with it for so long and why there was a necessity to do it in the first place. And yeah. I appreciate you for taking the time to research that because no thank you. Even though I missed the tidbit about the chicken. I'm glad, though, you knew that part because that added some, some stupid points to the guy. Stupid points? <laughs> Well, real quick, uh, my credits are biography.com, crime figure Dennis Nelson, newsweek.com, memories, murder, Dennis Nelson, t- tapes, caused death, Wikipedia, thescotsman.com, and the Criminal Minds fandom. Yeah. Ayo. Ayo. That's, that's twice now that we've talked about Criminal Minds. Are we, are we turning into a Criminal Minds podcast? It was actually my mom's favorite show, so we have a lot of seasons of Criminal Minds on DVD. Oh my goodness. I used to watch it all the time at my mom's house because they have, like, the quick cable. It's not, like, direct or anything like that, but it's just, like, the local channels, and there was Ion, and it was on Ion all the time, and I couldn't get enough of it with my true crime nonsense. 
we have to we have to go back to reviewing our documentaries and everything. I mean, we have to at least do that. Get back on our film crew. Whew. Well, that was an awful tale. Yes, it was. I'm sorry. But now we get our double straw milkshake. Yes. Uh, do you want to do the honor since you did a horrible story? I feel like you need to give some good. The Murder Horror Monsters podcast is working together with a true crime makeup company. Yay! Yeah! Which is Beauty Parlor. Yeah! Is a family-owned business, and we have been talking with them. They did a fairly large rebranding over the past few months, and they are back and better than ever. And we're incredibly excited to be working with a company that does want to actually truly respect victims, be as detailed in what their lip glosses and makeup palettes are based off of. I know that there's probably a lot of what we were talking about earlier, like stigma around talking about true crime and I guess the profiteering, if you will, of it. And that's not what neither of us want to do. Murder Horrors Monsters wants to honor those. And if in the future we're able to do that through financial means or just sharing stories and resources. That's what we want to do. And the company that we are partnering with, the Witches Beauty Parlor, they donate to organizations. All of the proceeds that they receive, obviously portions goes to them for their hard work. Portion goes to creating more palettes, but a portion also does go to charities. And they've altered names so that they don't seem intense. There's lipsticks or lip glosses called ballistics, rigor mortis, things like that, that are all based off of true crime things. And then each one has like a little police report about like an actual true crime person, Ted Bundy, Lizzie Borden, or Night Stalker. So there's there's definitely a lot they're willing to do for the community. And they're, they listen to a lot of the victims who, families who reached out to them, and they're doing their part to make sure that they are honoring those who were taken a lot sooner from us than they should have. So we're so happy to be paired with them. And we'll definitely be sharing some of their products on Twitter. I actually have a couple of lip glosses that I actually purchased with my own money not too long ago before we were even partnered with them and they're actually really good yeah they're very pretty as she'll be she's like look at this one look at this one (laughs) they're so pretty i think i got the i got the rigor mortis one which is like a really pretty like silvery black one yeah and i was like okay but think of it though like a black lipstick underneath of it with this on top like would just be so yeah. And then those bling hair pieces in my ear. Girl, yeah. we are killing Girl. it. Girl, playing. We get in. We get in. <laughs> Who you fibbing? It's time to be sad bitches instead of, I mean, bad bitches instead of sad bitches. <laughs> oh. Whoops. <laughs> Called out. Called yourself yeah, you're out. Right. Called you're me right. out. Oh, no. We sad bitches up in here with no. our teas. Yeah. But we're super happy, so. Yes. Definitely keep a lookout and we want to honor people and we want to help contribute to charities and organizations and communities as much as we can throughout however way we can. So on that note, if you want to work with us and partner with us, uh, please send an email to murderhorrormonsterspod at gmail.com and I will get back to you as soon as possible because if there's a tea company out there, listen, listen. (laughs) Yeah. I drink. So much fucking tea. <laughs> so we drink all the tea. I'm drinking some Pepsi right now. Sorry. 
but I drink the tea. I actually made myself a sleepy time tea Ooh. with a honey chamomile herbal blend. Ooh. And uh, your girl's tired. <laughs> it's already two yeah. o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, we we recorded a little bit later today, but you know what? That's that's where all the gremlin energy came from. We sorry. Well, that and it's my fault. I had a a quick family emergency. Shush! There is no fault. There's just happenings. There's just happenings. Is that what this is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's just happenings. That's fine. The world happens to move in a certain way. (gasps) Did you know? I'm so sorry. I just thought about this. Okay, so at work today, we had a trivia game, right, about pride. And I knew most of them. But there's one question that I was literally like, I don't really know. So it was men are from Mars, women are from Venus. What planet is symbolizing transsexual individuals? And I was like, I don't freaking know. I barely even registered the whole men are from Mars, women are from Venus kind of thing. Like, I don't, I don't care about that. So I guess Jupiter. Apparently, it's Mercury. Oh. And I was like, okay, interesting. It's because Mercury is named after Hermes, the messenger of the gods. They travel back and forth and they're essentially able to switch or change their genders or be genderless. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. However, Jupiter also stands for trans rights because i think it was 2018 the way that the light shined on jupiter made it the colors of the trans flag and i got so fucking excited because it looks beautiful and i was a little mad like i shot a message over to the people and i was like hey if you didn't see this technically i'm not wrong because jupiter's for trans rights yeah and it just made me so happy so Gremlin energy all the way through, all day, every day, and just the world happens in mysterious ways, you know? Yeah, world happens. There's nothing we can do about it. It just happens. We just gotta move forward. And sometimes you just gotta look up through a telescope to see the beautiful colors of a planet, and the world is makes sense again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, that was essentially my schoonful. I really didn't have any much more schoonful to do. That's just all I've been thinking and talking about for the past week, so... Hey, same yeah. Uh, so then, what's your schoonism for the day? Then we'll we'll ride this pony show out. <laughs> yeah, ride the <laughs> pony show out. I had to get one more in there. Okay, we'll rein it in. Stop horsing around. Go into the water. If you see a handsome horse man, go into the water. Ayo, hey, though. Into the waves. Telling you, a little horse noggin bump. You get to live underwater forever. Why not? Take a break from the woods. Go into the water. Take a break from the woods. Just go <laughs> into the water in the woods. It's the same thing. Go into the woods. Find water in the woods. Don't find staircases in the woods, but find water in the woods. Nah, go the if you're going to go in, go all the way hard. 
Find no, staircases. No, no, no. Do no, it. Listen, listen. I tell you to go in the woods a lot. Don't go up the staircases, okay? I want you to stay in this dimension. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I want you to stay home, honey. So you gotta stay on this side of the staircase. Don't you dare. If you're gonna go into other dimensions, I'd rather you do it in the backyard. <laughs> what? <laughs> do it in the safety of our own home okay where i can watch you okay okay please follow us on twitter mhm pod we are now up on spotify we're up on google podcasts soon to be on pandora and apple pretty much anywhere you would like to listen to podcasts it's really exciting we're we're getting out there baby yeah to the moon to the moon if you have any stories that you'd like to share with us, murder, mystery, horror, true crime, murder and true crime, cryptids, ghost stories, please let us know. Email them yeah. to us at the murder horror monsters pod at gmail.com. DM us on Twitter. Tag us on Twitter. We're pretty much open to fun stuff. We've been we've been collecting some stories. We're having some guests on pretty soon with them. I'm very happy with that. And uh, don't do murder. Don't do murder. Don't do murder. Rate, review, follow. Please do the things. It really does help us out a lot, especially with just everyone in general. You guys have been awesome so far, and we're we're really thrilled. We're we're so happy. We're just so happy. Yes, yes. and you do the thing. Grab some water. Take a break. Check in on your friends. Please and thank. Make sure you unshrimp yourself. You sit up. You do your posture. You do your breathing exercises. Oh Hold on, I'm unshrimping. <laughs> unshrimp. <laughs> now I'm a lobster. We <laughs> and uh, we will. We'll definitely see you guys next week. Yes, this has been Madahar Monsters Podcast with Ashes Spoon. Thank you. Doing it next time. <laughs> I like that old timey. How do I stop it again? I just push record. <laughs> this has been an episode of Murder Horror Monsters. Music produced by Dank with a Stank and Spooky Rose. Research and stories completed by Ash and Skloon. Follow the podcast on Twitter at MHMPod. Join us every Tuesday for new content on Spotify.